رادیو رومی Hi everyone, this is Fatimi Keshavars with Radio Rumi. Welcome to another program. If you're new, uh, let me just say uh, briefly that I'm recording this from my home and you're welcome to it. And if you have any ideas, connections, thoughts, suggestions that you want to pass on to me, please write to Radio Rumi at umd.edu. Again, Radio Rumi has one word, at umd.edu. I am a professor of Persian studies at University of Maryland, and I have spent much of my life studying and teaching mysticism and poetry. And these programs are dedicated to the thoughts, writings, and basically wisdom of Jalaluddin Rumi, a poet of 13th century Iran, who is now a, a major world figure. I should really say global figure because his work has been translated into um, many, many different languages. Um, there are a couple of quick things that I have to say in order to set up our uh, program. One is that My home has moved from uh, uh, Silver Spring, Maryland to uh, Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C. So this is where my husband and I now live. And this being the heart of the city, every once in a while you might hear a sound which is associated with living in a city, a car hooting and passing by or a garage door opening I hope not. I have tried to make it as quiet as possible, but um, just a word of warning. And I think that this um, spontaneity, if you like, the fact that I do this at home and not from a studio, um, I'm hoping that it would help us keep this natural and spontaneous and conversational as possible. Today, today I'm going to focus on the concept of love. Um, in Rumi, a very, very major um, concept, not only for him, but for many other poets and mystics of the Muslim and non-Muslim tradition, as I'm sure many of you already know. 
So part of the reason for this theme um, being my choice is its centrality for the poetry. The other reason is um, something that is going on in our environment. We have just been through a very, um, I would say, divisive um, election um, that has left many people feeling that there are big rifts emotionally, socially, and politically in the environment in which we live. And as many of my friends have recently reminded me again, the words of people like Rumi or his counterparts in many other traditions, people like Meister Eckhart or um, Teresa of Avila or um, Martin Luther King, you know, all these great people, is really very much um, needed for all of us today. So, um, this isn't a concept that I can cover in a half an hour, which is, uh, in a half an hour program, which is what these episodes are. So, um, we're very likely to go on talking about this in the future programs, and maybe I'll continue with the same theme, um, into the next recording. We'll see where we are when this episode ends. I would like to start by saying that the concept of love for Rumi um, is actually a very complex, a very um, complicated um, experience. Very often we think that we are in, when we are in love with something or when we love something, that we are kind of doing a favor to that person or that thing by giving them our deepest um, personal emotions. Well, there may be a lot of truth to that, but what Rumi wants us to see is how important that love is for the one who is in love. Because as far as he is concerned, um, love is a tool for remaking of the self. So again, as far as he's concerned, love is much more than a strong emotion or a fascination or a combination of um, desire and um, gravitating towards something, which is a part of it, but it is a tool to be used to remake oneself. Now, how's that happening? Um. First, love has many different stages as far as he's concerned. And human-to-human um, -human love is a very important steps on this ladder. And by this, I really mean um, the way a human falls in love with another human being and desires that person, the beauty, the sexual attraction, the good things about the personality, um, all of the things that come um, with having that strong um, love and desire for somebody. So this is not excluded from his mystical um, 
picture of things. The world, the way he sees it, has a very good and very special room for this human-to-human emotion. Yes, the origin of love and where it takes us in the end is far beyond one-on-one desire and, and attention and and of course that relationship that desire that connection that sexual gratification all of that has to be very much controlled and regulated and you know sometimes the new age tradition portrays Rumi as if he would just say well you know in the game of love everything goes you can just there are no borders no boundaries everything is permissible no I I would not agree with that uh, in the least. In fact, for him, um, human discipline, uh, commitment, um, having reasons why you do something and you don't do something, not harming yourself, not harming somebody else, not being careless with the emotion, all of these are part of the picture. And don't forget that he is a practicing Muslim. Be the way he interprets some things are different from some of the mainstream tradition of his time, but nonetheless, he is very much committed to, to that. So having all of that in the background, I'm reaching out for my book now, and so you might hear a little bit of um, a page turning here. Um, I'm reaching for my book to read something that shows that despite... Um, all of um, that caution uh, about being very careful and very disciplined in love with another human being, um, it is highly encouraged. In other words, it is not to be taken out of our experience. It is not base. It is not misguiding us. It is not taking us away from our soul and our spiritual commitments. In fact, if anything, it is a kind of practice. It is a kind of a way for us human beings to understand and uh, make sense of the bigger, stronger force of love, which has the divine as the beloved in it. So, it is with that in mind that Rumi says, آشقی گرزین سر و گرزان سر است آقبت ما را بدان شهر رهبر است آشقی گرزین سر و گرزان سر است آقبت ما را بدان شهر رهبر است Love, whether from this kind or that kind meaning um, sensual and disworldly and attached to human desire and erotic desire, or fully spiritual. Love, whether of this kind or that kind, shall ultimately guide us to that king. In other words, this love is a kind of warming up, a kind of practicing to come out of yourself and be focused on somebody else as a way of learning um, 
how to turn that attention to the bigger force of goodness, the larger, more complex love that engulfs the entire universe. Now, there are other mystics who've talked about this, so again, Rumi is not totally inventing this at all. Um, in fact, there is another mystic um, from Rumi's more or less um, the same time um, who says that the human-to-human -human love uh, is like the reflection of the moon in the water or the reflection of the sun in the water. Now, the sun and the moon themselves being the source of the divine, the greater force of love. And because our eyes are not strong enough to directly stare at the sun, its reflection in the water gives us a way to experience it without hurting our eyes. In other words, we fall in love with the beauty of the nature, with another human being, with our family and child and a good friend that we are close to, all because these are ways for the universe to teach us how to love, to prepare us for the bigger love which involves that greater force of goodness. Now, um, in the Divan, or the collections of the literary writings of Rumi, this kind of love, this human-to-human -human love, is expressed in the most beautiful, intimate um, details of um, watching your lover or making love to another person or desiring them or missing them without actually censoring any of the sensual aspects of it. Now, listen to this. Herkese hu pursadat ruh benamau ke hamchenin. Herkese mošt pursadat if anyone asked you about who is, show your face, say like this. If anyone asks you about the aroma of musk, untie your hair, say like this. If anyone asks you about the moon, climb up on the roof, say like this. If anyone seeks a fairy, let them see your countenance. If anyone asks about the aroma of musk, untie your hair, say like this. If anyone asks how do the clouds uncover the moon? Untie the front of your robe, knot by knot, say, like this. If anyone asks, how did Jesus raise the dead? If anyone asks, how did Jesus raise the dead? Kiss my soul and the lips, say, like this. If anyone asks, what are those killed by love like, direct him to me. 
say like this. Now, Rumi is also careful not to give the message to his reader that this great attraction, this um, beauty of a human being and the way it could totally mesmerize another human being, that is not all there is. So he's careful about that. He doesn't want to give a message that that's all there is. But in fact, he wants to say, you have to um, stay committed and pure-minded and um, have great convictions about who you are, who the other person is, and at the same time, walk on the road to spiritual progress. And that, that poem, actually, the poem I just partially quoted for you, ends with this line, to blind with envy the one who says, how can a human being reach God? to blind with envy the one who says, how can a human being reach God? Give us each a candle of purity. Say, like this. So, in other words, um, what in the end he's asking God to give us, what would um, shed light on the road and get you forward is a candle of purity. And let me say just a word or two about that purity. The word um, actually in Arabic and Persian is Safa. And the candle of purity here is Sham-e Safa. Um, and that has very little to do with, you know, you have to just wash yourself five times before prayer or, uh, you know, if you have ever slipped and had a sin, this is it, you're gone. No, it has more than anything else to do with the purity of intention. That is with total and full commitment. So that when you say something, you actually mean that thing. In other words, you live who you are. Not who you want to pretend to be. So that kind of purity is a very important step on the ladder of spiritual progress. Now, um, let me get to um, another point in um, my notes here. Through this love, we discover we are supposed to discover the goodness, the truth, and the beauty of the divine. And all these words are used interchangeably in the language that Rumi uses. You know, sometimes he's saying love, and he actually means God. Um, Love comes and creates and builds and, and changes the world. Um, sometimes he's saying haq, the truth. Um, and that also means God. In fact, the word haq, or the truth, is used by the Sufis, the mystics of the Muslim tradition, more than any other word 
referring to God. Um, why am I emphasizing this? Because it brings out the kind of um, universality of the tradition. The fact that being dedicated to is these basic um, foundational thoughts and ideas of the practice is so important. Not that, you know, I don't think the, uh, I'm, not, I'm not going to give the message that, um, you know, everything is accepted universally. You can just go and do anything or think anything. No, not at all. There are, you're expected to be um, committed in your own individual way to your own individual tradition. In fact, actually, um, there have always been Jews and Christians in the uh, group around Rumi uh, in, in Konya, in the city where he lived. And later on, much later on, you'll see people who comment on his work and are of other uh, religious traditions. A great translator of Rumi um, once wrote that, um, and his name is Arbery, actually, uh, Professor Arbery wrote that um, I had strayed from my Christian tradition and Rumi brought me back to the path of Christianity. So in some ways, you can see how um, the vision for this uh, way of walking on the path to truth goes beyond a single specific, um, narrowly defined notion of what is right or wrong. Okay, Um the other thing is, you might sometimes ask yourself, well, this great truth, I'm very sorry, my phone, despite the fact that I had silenced it, just made a noise. I'm hoping that that will not happen again. Um, so, um, I was telling you that you might ask yourself, um, what are we uh, to do? How, as human beings, on this um, very uh, confusing journey of life, if you like, how are we going to find this huge, vast, uh, universal truth? Well, Rumi has a very interesting response to this puzzle. And that is, if you're seeking it, if you're seeking this greater force of goodness, this truth, that means that you have found it. Now, it doesn't mean that you it's totally actualized in your life, that you are you know, connected with it in a way you'd like to be or you should be, but you have found it. In other words, Seeking in itself, as far as he's concerned, is an important indication that you're connected, that your inner yearning has sent you signals that you have received. In Persian, he says, Hachiz ra ta najui nayabi. I repeat the Persian, Hachiz ra ta najui nayabi. So, 
anything in the world or everything in the world, you have to seek. And before you look for it in a serious way, you will not find it. But, hack, the divine truth is different in that you will not start seeking it until you have found it. In other words, when you begin to seek it in a serious, committed way, that means you have partially found in that truth in yourself. So that also opened the doors to all humanity. That means we all have a seed of that truth in ourselves. I may have indeed quoted for you earlier on in another program a famous um, saying of Rumi in which he says, um, So each one of us is a Mary and we have a Jesus inside. Now, you might say, um, first of all, that's really striking. That's fascinating. That means the seed of the truth, that that God is inside all of us. So we are pregnant with it. But then you might ask, well, then why do we do anything? Why do we need to do anything if we have it so deeply inside our being? Well, that saying has a continuation. In which he says, um, So if we get the pain, um, which is the word that actually for Persians means both longing and pain. But in this case it's pain because unless you have the pain of childbirth, you're not going to give um birth to your child. In other words, it could at times, in fact, it has to be induced. So um, the pregnancy by itself doesn't mean that that truth will be born. But in fact, you have to be able to carry that pregnancy to term and give birth to that amazing uh, baby, that God inside. So Pain, which means yearning, equals action. And that's where all of this comes back to be important again, stepping on the path. Um, Because if you don't take action, if you don't go forward, if you don't do something about it, it is going to stay hidden in you and never be born. This is true for almost everything that Rumi teaches us. When he teaches something, then he says, it is now your turn to move forward, to face it, and to discover it. It is never done for you. In fact, he has a beautiful, very, very famous line where he he says, The sun is... um, the explanation, um, the proof of the existence of the sun, or rather the rays of the sun are the proof 
for the existence of the sun. Because when it's out, it's out. You know it's out. But then the verse has a continuation. If you want its proof, don't turn your face away from the sun. Let me read it one more time. The sun became or came as the proof of the existence of the sun. If you want to understand it and see the proof, do not turn your face away. Which is, of course, completely possible. You can go inside the house, close the door, close the curtains, and in fact, be barely aware that it is sunny outside. But um, my point here was when I started with this verse to, sh- to say how important it is that we take action with this inspiration, with this powerful force of love, which to begin with, we experience as love between human beings or our fascination with arts or our fascination for the beauty of nature and being out there, anything that really uh, grabs your attention in that kind of a serious way. It begins like that and then It gives us all the hints we need, all the yearning, and then it's our turn to go forward, do something about it, take action, and experience it. And in fact, it is um, in this vein that Rumi compares love, not to something melancholic, that you kind of sit in a corner on your own and experience, but as something you go out there and um, actively seek. So here, he says, Eshqast daraw saman paridan sad parde bahar nafas daridan So love is flying high in the sky. And it's not that being on the nine cloud, you know, being out there and unaware, but tearing open a hundred veils every instant. In other words, a lover has the seed of subversiveness inside him or her, not in a violent way. Rumi is never for violation of, of um, rules or um, human uh, civil conduct or, you know, civility is very, very important to him. Nonviolence is very important to him. But a lover is by nature subversive because it wants to tear the veils open and experience what is behind that veil because love is a dynamic force. Now, I think we have to wait for another program where we follow 
on this um, subversive force and see why is it that way and what does it do for us. Um, but before I leave you today with this um, episode, I want to read just um, a, a, a few short verses that he's addressing to lovers, which is, I think, very relevant to what we've been talking about. Then he says, Hale Aushan Bikushid Kitjesmujan Namaumat Dilaton Bicharh Parat Chupadan Giran Namaumat. And please do not read any of this as self denial. I'm going to translate that verse in a second, but I want to be very sure to um, um, emphasize this, that the idea is not to deny yourself, deny your body, deny your soul, but to be free of it so that you can fly up high. So, Hello, Shagan Bekushi, Kijesmo John Namomad, Dilaton Bechar Parad, Chubadan. Oh, lovers, try, try hard. So body and soul both leave you alone, leave you free. Don't shackle you. And your heart can fly up high, but not be weighed down like your body on the face of the earth. دل و جان به آب حکمت ز قبارها بشویید هله تا دو چشم حسرت سوی خاکدان نماند Wash your heart and your soul with the water of wisdom Wash it in wisdom That is while you allow it to fly and to experience, but give it the wisdom that would guide its flight. So, so what? So that your eyes do not remain looking backwards at what you have left behind. In other words, take your steps forward, build the road for yourself, move forward, fly high, Tear the veils open and experience what is new before you. Hope you have a wonderful day or night whenever it is you're listening to this. Don't forget you can write to me at radiorumi at umd.edu. Till the next program. Bomb and son of a man, then, 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 then,